the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So we have a primary coming up on Tuesday. Uh, may talk about some primary issues. They're not really uh, as consequential as the May primary was, where we got J.D. Vance as the GOP Senate candidate. And remember, Mike DeWine facing a challenge from not one but two GOP challengers, Jim Renacci and Joe Blystone. Well, DeWine won that primary comfortably. And now he is squaring off against former Democratic, uh, former Dayton mayor, Democrat Nan Whaley. Uh, if you want to boil this case down to abortion, which the Democrats seem to want to do, uh, I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I do not think the state of Ohio is ready for zero abortion restrictions. Uh, they, on the Democratic side, are at least openly saying that they want the governor's race and the Senate race to be about abortion. The problem they have is is that inflation is at 9%. People's wages are not keeping up with inflation. And that people are nervous about the future of the country. Not just economically, not just economically, but socially. And abortion is not really a part of the social conversation, though it should be. But the whole idea that teachers would purposefully keep secrets from parents about their children and whether they are subjecting themselves to the nonsense of the transgender movement. I was born a girl, but I think I'm a boy. I was born a boy, but I think I'm a girl. I don't think the state of Ohio is comfortable with teachers keeping that secret. You know, people who keep secrets from parents about kids, uh, we used to be inherently suspicious of those people, and we still should be inherently suspicious of those people. But when you have a impotent president with a, an incompetent economic record, foreign policy record, domestic policy record, I guess you uh, ride whatever imaginary horse you think you can to the finish line. And for Nan Whaley, that horse is the abortion horse. Uh, she is uh, complaining, whining, that Mike DeWine doesn't talk at all about abortion in his campaigning. Lengthy story, lengthy story in today's Cincinnati Enquirer about that and about how, oh, on the day that the uh, Roe versus Wade decision was overturned by the Supreme Court, Mike DeWine didn't even comment about it. Proves that he's ashamed of his position on abortion. Well, I don't think he's ashamed of his position on abortion since he's always had the same position on abortion. He's been consistent throughout his political career. 
it's hard to find a politician who's consistent on a position throughout their political career. But on abortion, and I don't have a lot of great things to say about Mike DeWine, but on abortion, Mike DeWine has been admirably consistent. Because Mike DeWine is a Catholic who, I know it's a shocking uh, trait for a Catholic to have, given the fact that Nancy Pelosi is, as she says, a very good Catholic. And Joe Biden is, as he says, a very devout Catholic, that neither one of them takes the position of the Catholic Church on abortion, but Mike DeWine does, has, and I presume always will. What is the right position for a politician in terms of folding their religious beliefs into their policy positions? Uh, My view on this is that If you are a person of faith, you are governed by the tenets of that faith. It does not mean that you impose that faith on others. And this is where you'll say, well, then, if Mike DeWine is adherent to his faith as a Catholic, that life begins at conception, then by being pro-life and signing the heartbeat bill, he is imposing his views on others. And I'll listen to that. We can debate that. But here's the thing. I await any abortion activist, Nan Whaley, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Tim Ryan, anybody, anybody, or any of the wackos writing editorial after editorial in the dispatch or any of the agenda-driven so-called reporters writing piece after piece after piece in the dispatch, extolling the virtues of abortion, I await a single one of them, to ever make the case for abortion where they make it by mentioning the child. They never mention the child. What are we going to do with the child? Yes, but in the case of the child, how does that apply to the child? What about the child? It is always, always, always about the mother. The mother this, the mother that, the mother health care, the mother blah, 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 blah. Always about the mother, case in point. There's a story today, not from the dispatch, but this kind of viewpoint has been put forward in the dispatch. NBC4I. Doctors are fearful that more soon-to-be mothers in Ohio could die in the post-Roe era. The state's maternal mortality rate is 18% higher than the national average, with just shy of, listen closely, 24 deaths per 100,000 births. 24 deaths per 100,000 births. Now, this wants you to create a mental image in your mind that 24 women among every 100,000 are dying because they don't get an abortion. That is what they're saying. That is what they want you to think. Because the lead is, doctors are fearful that more soon-to-be mothers in Ohio could die in the post-Roe era. And then they throw a stat at you about how many mothers are dying, and they're like, oh my goodness, 24 are dying now? How many more might die? So, let me get this straight. Are you making the argument that no woman ever dies during an abortion? Because that's not true. That is absolutely not true. And let's say that, I don't know, what do you think? The uh, number of women who die might uh, double, triple, 
since Roe versus Wade during childbirth it, because they're not able to get an abortion? Let's say that in the worst case scenario, the number of women would increase, I'll be charitable, 10 times. Let's say the number of women who die during childbirth will increase by a tenfold number since you can't get abortions in the state of Ohio. That would be 240 women per 100,000 births. Sounds awful, doesn't it? Now let me compare it to another number. An unequivocal number, an unimpeachable number, an indisputable number. Back to the child. How many children die per 100,000 abortions? Ah, that would be one to one. That would be 100,000. Okay? So spare me your violin symphony for the fact that the state's mortality rate during childbirth is going to skyrocket due to the fact that we cannot get abortions anymore in the state of Ohio after six weeks because factoring the child into the equation in a worst-case scenario, you are still going to save far more lives than you are going to cost. So I don't know how, but I will say Democrats are dogged, dogged in their ability to ignore the obvious. They are so dogged in their ability to ignore the obvious. Part of their defense, in fact, this is their defense on not just Roe, and the necessity, they say, for Roe, but on the economy. You say, man, the economy's lousy. No, the economy's great. No, the economy's fantastic. What do you mean? The jobless rate is down, and wages are up, and we're not in a recession. And you go, but, but I can't afford gas. I can't, I can't afford food. I can't afford... Uh, and basically their response to you is, you're wrong. You, the reality you're experiencing is not real. You're stupid. You're too stupid to know how good things are. So, it's a remarkable uh, pit bull-like ability they have to hold their lunacy in between their jaws and refuse to let go of it but it doesn't mean that it's true so i don't know if you remember the state farm commercial where the guy is up in the middle of the night and he's talking on the phone to jake from state farm and the wife come down, comes down the stairs, and she hears him uh, talking on the phone, 3 in the morning, uh, to Jake from State Farm. Uh, well, the people at the Daily Wire remember it, and when they heard Kamala Harris say this yesterday. I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Uh, it reminded them of the Jake from State Farm commercial. A really good deal. Jake from State Farm at 3 in the morning. Who is this? I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman. What are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Wearing a blue suit. She sounds hideous. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I thought you'd enjoy a laugh uh, from that one. Yeah, she is hideous. She is hideous. Um, and she didn't do well in the New Hampshire straw poll of people that Democrats in the state would like to see run. Did you see the results of that? 
Pete Buttigieg got 17% of the vote. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, in fighting trim again, now that he's tested negative for COVID, uh, got 16%. Kamala was way down the list. She was sixth, sixth below Gavin Newsom and Bernie Sanders and I think Hillary Clinton. She was way down the list. So uh, need to step up your game, Jake from State Farm or Kamala Harris, whatever you're, whatever you're going by uh, today with your pronouns. Uh, speaking of the pronoun thing, uh, the transgender movement tells us that uh, mm, the puberty blockers that they're going to prescribe for kids are perfectly healthy. And I mean, the top surgery on teenagers, healthy breasts, nothing to worry about. I mean, if you don't believe me, uh, believe Joanna Olson. She is a surgeon at Children's Hospital Los Angeles talking about uh, removing the healthy breasts of a 12-year-old girl. So what we do know is that adolescents actually have the capacity to make a reasoned, logical decision. And here's the other thing about chest surgery. If you want breasts at a later point in your life, you can go and get them. See, they're like uh, features on a Mr. Potato Head doll. You can just take them off, put them on. No health consequences at all. Until the FDA is warning that puberty blockers uh, now should carry a warning saying that drugs similar uh, to uh, a drug I can't pronounce, gonadotropin-releasing hormones, uh, cause brain swelling, loss of vision, and serious risks for children injecting them. Yeah, funny thing. Uh, When God makes you a certain way, when you start injecting estrogen in boys or testosterone in girls, the body rebels against it. And any young woman who has had testosterone will write about increased aggression, anger, lots of really horrible side effects. Officials say a plausible association between using puberty blockers and uh, tumors, such as brain tumors, has been identified in girls between the ages of 5 and 12. A spokesperson for the FDA said the cases were considered clinically serious and determined that a warning label should be added to all puberty blockers for pediatric patients. Now, this came as a shock to me because I remember last month when the first four-star female admiral Admiral, Admiral, yes, in the U.S. Navy, who is a dude, Rachel Levine, a transgender woman, biological man, who holds the uh, position of uh, Assistant Secretary of Health in the Biden administration, said, and I quote, gender-affirming care is life-saving, medically necessary, age-appropriate, and a critical tool for health care providers. As a pediatrician, when it comes to making sure kids are healthy and happy, I know how important care uh, that affirms someone's true identity can be. Funny. I didn't think brain tumors, brain swelling, and loss of vision were typically on the side of the ledger that you would put under good in terms of a side effect of a drug that you would give a young person. This is 
one of the issues by which people of our generation will be judged long term. I do not think, as I said to Matt Mayer earlier today in our interview at noon, which you can catch on the podcast at 989theanswer.com or theanswerdayton.com, I do not believe that uh, time will smile kindly on America for its horrendous half-century investment in abortion. We have thankfully begun to transition out of that evil, and now we are, not surprisingly, because Satan never rests, Uh, confronted with another, and that is the damage that we are allowing to be done to children who have been born, but now are going through normal teenage angst about who they are and a lot of other things that come with the uncertainty of puberty. If we do not win this battle, we are going to be faced in 10 to 15 to 20 years with a generation of young people who will wonder why the adults did not come to their rescue, why we did not act like the adults that we are in the room. Let me tell you a horrific story. There's a mom in Chicago named Jeanette Cooper. She has missed her daughter's 13th, 14th, and 15th birthdays. Why? She wants to parent her daughter. She is doing it by mail because she has seen her daughter for eight and a half hours over the last three years. Eight and a half hours. The daughter lives with the dad because the dad and the mom were divorced. The mom went to pick up the daughter one time, and she said she did not feel safe because she now identified as transgender. The mom refused to abide her mental illness. She tells the Federalists, they wanted me to have a certain understanding that there is such a thing as a child who was born transgender, that this is who they are. I do not believe that to be true. I will not lie to the court. I will not state otherwise. I believe too strongly in my oath to tell the truth. My child is a girl, and I won't lie to her or anyone else. I think that's good parenting. So, the court took the daughter away from the mom. She is only allowed to see her very, very minimally, as the eight and a half hours she spent with her uh, would suggest. She does communicate with her via letter, and this is what she says today. I see that my child is at sea in a boat. She is struggling. She is in tumultuous seas. I know that. I've seen that. What I've been told is to follow her lead, to follow her in this journey. I am not willing to do that. I don't think that's good parenting. It's my responsibility not to hook my boat to hers. It's my responsibility to be a lighthouse, to be something stable that she can see, some guide that she has that will always be there that is consistent. Doing the right thing, saying the right thing, sometimes requires suffering consequences in the short term, but it does not mean that the decisions you make are the wrong ones. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.